Hi, this is Jennifer Zeman, your host of The Food That Binds. Today's episode features Katie Berenger and Jordan Smelt of Lucian Books and Wine, a restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia, that focuses, you guessed it, on books and wine, but it has amazing service, a jewel box feel, and some of the best food I've had in the past year. Hi, Katie and Jordan. Thank you for being here. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. It's great to be here. Thank you. Could you both introduce yourselves to people who might not know who you are? Uh, sure, I'll start. Uh, my name is Katie Beringer. I am from Atlanta. I've spent most of my life here, a couple stints in New York, mostly uh, just for school and another time. Uh, but I am yeah, born and raised and love Atlanta. Currently, I am one of the owners of Lucian Books and Wine. Uh, prior to that, I owned Cover Books, which was a bookstore with a similar emphasis to the books that we have at Lucian that I operated for a couple of years. Uh, that was basically the culmination of the 10 years prior, basically bouncing back and forth between uh, creative fields and in hospitality. Those are kind of the two driving forces in uh, my professional life and also the things that I love the most. Uh, I had worked in wine previously, which is how I met Jordan, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I was never fully satisfied working in, you know, just art capacity because I was missing that energy of working in hospitality, specifically in a wine capacity. And then I was never creatively fulfilled enough working in hospitality. So <laughs> uh, I was always trying to find, you know, what what is a format that allows me to do both and feel uh, fulfilled and inspired. And that was how I ended up in books and then taking that to the next level with Lucian where the wine and the food and the hospitality was an absolute equal to the book side of things. How about you, Jordan? Uh, hi, I'm Jordan Smelt. I'm originally from uh, Brandon, which is a suburb just outside Tampa in Florida. Uh, moved to Atlanta in 96. That was uh, before I had a choice in the matter, actually. <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I was bitterly angry at my parents at the time for, for doing that to me. Uh, but it's worked out all right because uh, I love the city and have been here more or less ever since, aside from um, school and, and a, in a couple of years in San Diego. Um, I've worked in wine and hospitality, gosh. Um, I mean, my first job in hospitality, I was 16. I've been in it other than time in school since. Um, wine specifically really started um, finding my way in wine and realizing that, that was my focus and what I wanted to, to really do right around when I was 25, 26 which was interesting because I grew up in a family that didn't drink at all. Um, and it's still kind of a puzzlement to them. I, I can, there are many, there are many Thanksgiving memories. I can, I can tell you where I'm at one end of the table with a great bottle of Beaujolais and the other half of the table is enjoying Coke zero and unsweet tea. <laughs> it was just kind of odd. Um, and no one knows really where I picked up this bug, um, but I've had it ever since. So, yeah. And like Katie, one of the, the owners of, of 
Lucian Books and Wine in Buckhead. And before you were at Lucian, you were at Cakes and Ale and uh, in charge of the wine program there. And before that, you were the GM at Restaurant Eugene. Is that correct? Or I was the GM at Holman and Finch. Holman and Finch. I was okay. there for four years mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2012, mm-hmm. when it was really kind of the, the center of was the cocktail boom had arrived in Atlanta. That was it. I was there all the time. When Andy was at the bar and Greg was there, that was yep. a special time. Mm-hmm. It was it was a madhouse. Um, really a blast, though. Um, and really learned a lot from those two guys. Just, I mean, really learned a tremendous amount. Andy was, at the time, Andy Minchow was doing all of the, the buying and the, the ordering and, and kind of doing the wine program in those days. And he would take his tastings, I believe it was on Wednesday, which was the same day that he received everything. And I just started showing up on Wednesdays and helping him put away product and sitting in on his tastings, getting a taste for wine, learning how to taste kind of as a pro. Um, Kept doing this, kept doing this. And then one day, Andy just stopped showing up. There was never a conversation about it, like, you're going to take this over. Um, just one day he wasn't there anymore and we <laughs> never a conversation about it. But from that point, I just kind of ran it from there and stayed there for four years. Um, at that point, I kind of H&F was still cocktail first and cocktail primarily. So I realized that now that I was starting to really love wine, I needed to find another place. Um, Cakes and Ale was my favorite restaurant in the city at the time. Um, loved Billy, had gotten to know him over the last few years and really loved his foods. And from what I knew from just having basic conversations with him was that he was writing the wine list himself and doing all of the, the cooking in the kitchen. So I approached him and, and said, I would love to over a pint of Guinness um, at a nearby bar just sat down with him one day and said, Hey, I, I'm really would love to take over your program. And he was like, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't a very long conversation. It was just a friendly conversation and joined him in June of 2012. And I was with him him through the closing of, of cakes and ale in June of 2018. Um, yeah, uh, seven years. And it was really, I mean, that was, I mean, I had heard of you before, but it was really at Cakes and Ale where you solidified your reputation, you know, as, as a wine savant. Like anyone I would talk to, like Bill Addison or anyone would just talk about, you know, with like moons and stars in their eyes, talk about your wine list. You know, anybody that understood what it meant to curate a beautiful wine list. Did you get James Beard nominations while you were there? Uh, we did not, no. Wow. Um, which was a bummer, but, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. We, the thing is that Billy and I have a very similar palette, and we really, we always used to say together that there's eating, which you can do on its own, and you can, you, there's drinking, which you can do on its own. Dining is food and wine put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took that very seriously. We would... As you probably know, Billy's 
food menu was constantly changing. Constantly, that chalkboard. Yeah, constantly in motion. It was it never stagnated. Um, to the point that he would put together a, a beautiful dish and you would taste it and love it. And he would change it again two days later. And like, Billy, come on, man. Like, a home run. Like, well, it's like an artist is always adding an extra stroke. I'm a painter. My mom is a painter. All my aunts and painters, you know, so it's like, you're never, you're never fully, never fully done. Um, but just talking about food and wine, I mean, obviously both of you know how, to, how that relationship works with Lucy and it, it's a, beautiful restaurant. It's become my, one of my favorites in Atlanta. And it's where I tell everyone who wants to go have a really special night with someone to go. Cause it feels good. Thank you. Um, and, and you obviously understand how food and wine and hospitality can, can make people feel, um, when did both of you know that food and wine were going to be a thing for you? Like, when did you know, like, Oh, this isn't just like I'm a foodie as we love it when people call themselves? Well, I think, I mean, wine has been, I mean, we met through wine. Um, I, I was working for a small wine uh, distribution company in Atlanta and we met 10 years ago, next month. Um, I was selling him wine. He was working at H&F and I was actually meeting someone else there to sell them, <laughs> wine, uh, to sell them wine. And they said, you know, he, it was the 2009 uh, Domaine de Fontenelle, Luberon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I know it's so funny, but I we, love it. I know it's like, we remember it. And, you know, it was someone that worked, um, you know, under that umbrella company and <clears throat> said, you know, I, I'm not interested in this, but I think Jordan will and pulled Jordan over and Jordan said, um, sounds great. I'll take a case for tomorrow. And <laughs> Uh, that's how we met. So wine has been uh, like the heart of our working relationship, friend relationship, and current relationship, back to work relationship, um, you know, for, for 10 years. So, you know, both of us, you know, Jordan working, if I can speak to you, I mean, working in hospitality, Jordan is like one of the, the most creative minded people I've ever met. Um, you you could have done anything in the creative field. And I'm so glad that you were able to like put that talent uh, towards Lucian because it's better for it. But we, it, we've always talked ideas. So, you know, wine was always part of it. Wine with like a creative bent was always part of it. I think with food that just came. And I think we always say with Lucian, like we created the place we want to go to. It was like, let's create like our dream place. The things that like, as a couple, as business partners, as friends, as all these things, like what is like the perfect place? There's a lot of aspects to, well, when we have been spent, lived in Atlanta for so many years, um, there are a lot of elements in Lucian of what we thought Atlanta at the moment didn't have, which is a smaller place. Atlanta yeah. does big giant restaurants very well. Mm -hmm. And then our, our, I could name, 20 off the top of my head, but we don't have a lot of great small restaurants. Um, and I mean, less than, what's it, less than 60 seats, um, less than 50 seats, we're 40 seats. And that was always something in the initial, from the day one that we started talking and hashing out, what is Lucien going to be? It was always going to be small, um, intimate, where you could get to know the, the folks that were taking care of you on a nightly basis, 
um, where it was it was warm and comfortable and neighborly. We like so many of our favorite places in New York, in London, are really what they would classify as neighborhood bistros. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what San Francisco does really well. When I lived there, that's mm-hmm. where I went to culinary school when, after I changed careers. And it's that, that middle of the road, small little place like you're talking about is something that we've never had enough of. Like also mm-hmm. utilitarian restaurants like Greek diners. I would like to see more of those. But um, <laughs> I can't have enough of Greek. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with Lucian, you guys opened it during the pandemic, which is, I mean, was it during the pandemic or was it right before? Um, Go ahead. <laughs> well, we, I mean, the genesis of what became Lucian started years prior, but we were, we actively started working on the plan and finding a location in 2019. And where we have ended up was the first place we saw, and it was, which is, this is kind of how I operate. Um, It was the first place we saw, we said, this is the corner. And for me, there was just no point in seeing. I mean, I did it for protocol, Mm -hmm. saw other spaces, but we knew, we was like, that's our space. Um, It took quite a long time to, just because we were dealing with a large landlord and they wanted, you know, data proving that our bizarre concept um, was going to be (laughs) profitable. Yeah, eventually we had a intense but persuasive in-person meeting where we won them over to the charms of book and wine concepts. Um, (laughs) 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 We... You know, long story short, it took us about seven months to get a lease for that space. And at that seven month mark was March 2020, right when everything was shutting down. And, you know, it had been very one sided where we were ready to sign ready, 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 because we had the idea we were ready to go. And then suddenly, you know, the the climate was changing and all of a sudden we were asking ourselves, are we insane? Like this is the, are we crazy? Are we crazy? Cause the space was raw. I mean, it was a massive undertaking to do that build out and take this on. So we hit the brakes and suddenly the, the tables turned and the landlords were. It went from, it went very quickly. When can we sign? We'd love to sign. We'd love to get this finalized to them coming to us and going, we'd love you to sign. It's going to take to get you to sign. Um, and we just kind of lifted off the gas slightly right. um, for a couple of weeks because it was such a we were in unknown territory and so we eventually signed in may and we knew that we had we had tons of work to do on that space i mean there were there was no there was nothing there was no plumbing there were no windows floors any equipment so we knew that it was going to be at least six months and i think at that point we were like everybody else hoping hoping that this was going to be over and done with quickly. We just, we bet on the future. We bet on the future. We're all, uh, we have a third business partner, uh, Mickey Mixon, who's wonderful. I've known him uh, socially for about a decade or more. And the three of us work wonderfully together. And we all are very passionate about 
Lucian and we're all optimists, which was great because I think, um, especially, you know, post closing cover, I coming into this was a little bit, uh, I just had a bit more fear because, you know, when you open a course first time, you're just, you're like driven by this, like blind ambition you know you just you're thinking like i have all the ideas and everything's going to be perfect (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you don't know all the things that can go wrong with a small business and and all any of the unpredictability and just how little control you have on so many things so it was good to be driven by the pure optimism of jordan and mickey in this but we just you know we went for it and we had some covid related issues in build out obviously just like everybody else we opened at a time we opened at the the very last week of june of 2021 which was so we had our first i'd say opening two or three months it was like that golden era the golden COVID era where everyone was vaccinated not everybody but a lot of people were vaccinated Mm -hmm. were feeling quite comfortable dining out people were you know just in a fantastic mood i mean everyone was just in a excited. great excited so you know and then we have yeah, then delta came up then delta, yeah so we have and you know it's been a big eye opener because obviously so many of our friends are in the restaurant industry so we were able to observe how they had to handle early covid and I think just from what we've seen seen now, like Delta and then Omicron, which wiped us out for a couple of weeks. A month. You and everyone else. I mean, like, it seems like I I was, I was looking in December and it was like every single notable Atlanta restaurant had to close. Ticonderoga. I mean, everyone was closing. Everyone was closing. And I think that it, I mean, we already had so much empathy for our friends who were dealing with this because, you know, we know them on a personal level, professional level, all of that. But I think then feeling it firsthand for us, it's like it really shifted. I mean, how you think about it. And it was hard. So we were lucky at the beginning. But, you know, this uh, the last three months, I feel like has been Groundhog Day a bit. And so like, as I mean, consider you guys hospitality experts or experts in the field. I mean, I've always said that like hospitality is a contact sport, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how t- has it affected your ability to take care of people or have, you know, I mean, I feel like we're all in beginner's mind, you know, to use a, a, an arts term, um, we're all learning and adjusting, but I mean, has it affected how you feel about hospitality? Yes. No. I mean, I, again, I, I feel like I say, I don't know. It's, about it's, so many um, things right now. <laughs> Isn't that Socratic wisdom, right? <laughs> You're ignorant. <laughs> it's the first place that we've opened together. Mm-hmm. It's the first place that I've opened. Um, we thought, we opened in at this Katie said the last week of June. So we kind of regarded the first six months. All right, let's get wheels up here. Let's see what's working. Let's see what's not working. Let's get a feel for the neighborhood. Um, and, and then go from there in 2022. 
I think we opened with a great, a great team. Um, most of whom have, practically all have stuck with us um, to date, and we're, we're, we're proud of that. We always thought, kind of going back to the neighborhood restaurant, um, even at the corner of Peachtree and Far Road, which is one of the most recognizable corners in Atlanta, that we wanted to always behave like a, like a smaller restaurant. Um, not the big grand place that you would expect on, on a corner like that in Atlanta. And so we always emphasized that our service was meant to be neighborly and warm. Um, and not, not casual, but... Familiar? Yeah, I feel like familiar is a familiar. great Familiar. Yeah. Um, the, first, the first two years that I... To give you an example, the first two years that I worked at Holman and Finch, there was zero turnover in front of house. And you can't put a price on that sort of consistency. And people, guests will still uh, come into Lucian and talk about those that time in that place. And so I've, I have firsthand knowledge of, of what that can mean to people and that experience. Um, and so it was always trying to deliver uh, that level of, of neighborly hospitality to, to folks. Um, Part of that, the flip side of that in terms of hospitality is, okay, well, you're counting then on that symbiotic relationship between our guests and our team. And I think that the value, like we've always tried to I mean, we, can, we cannot, I mean, Jordan and I can have ideas. We can have a wonderful business partner. We can have the great corner, but we're nothing without our team. And I think that what we just faced the last month was, okay, how do we maintain our relationship with our guests, having very open communication and let them know that, yes, us being able to deliver that wonderful, warm, you know, hospitable, experience for them is a huge part of what we do but we cannot do that without really being hospitable and caring and responsible for the people that work with us and i think without having that kind of level of mutual respect between guest and you know lucian it's not going to be as genuinely a warm relationship right mm -hmm. so i think that you know we we chose to make decisions based on our team and their well-being and their comfort level and their health. And I think that because of that groundwork that we'd placed, just having that great friendly relationship with our guests, everyone was so, and also just the fact that we're now, what, two years into COVID. I mean, people were very very respectful for the, I mean, some people, you know, you always, it's good to hear because you don't know, I mean, you know, no, and making, you know, making that phone call, you know, when you go through, you know, every day, okay, well, we're closing for a week and you just start at the first reservation mm -hmm. by the time you get to the last, you know, it's just, it's like, please let me not say this sentence ever again, <laughs> but mm -hmm. Thank God we have that great relationship with our with our guests because they were wonderfully understanding, and I think that they 
they care about the team. You know, of course, everyone wants to know specifically how each person is doing. It's like, I cannot share that information with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really lovely that we have guests that we didn't even know prior to Lucian that are asking specifically how individual members of the team are doing, which is great. As two people that have seen and been in Atlanta's restaurant industry for as long as you have, what do you think of Atlanta's restaurant scene today? Like, how is it different than when you were growing up? I mean, I think we both have probably a lot to say about this. I, as someone who really grew up here, I feel like for a long time, Atlanta was high and low, right? It was like you were going to these big corporate restaurants that, you know, the big steakhouses, the big, you know, the big bucket places, or you had just far more casual for a long time, even with arts, I mean, with like the creative world and with the dining world, I feel like there's a lot of similarity where there's a great underground movements. You know, there's a great like gritty places, uh, gritty galleries. There's where all the good stuff is happening. And then there are the big, you know, higher end expense account places. And I feel like there was a huge divide in Atlanta for a long time where you didn't have a successful group of people that could also, that wanted to support something that was independent or something that wasn't corporate or something that wasn't expected. And I think that the last, it really feels like a decade, that gap has been filling in. And I've seen it just with, again, with the arts community here, you know, with food, with wine, where how do you tap into that kind of new group of people where these are people that are international? I mean, we're, we're such an international city, which is one of the reasons that Buckhead was, it was our, the only place we were going to open was Buckhead. And a lot of that was because- Interesting. Well, I had, you know, cover was on the West side, which had so much potential. I, you know, I've, I've lived in so many neighborhoods in Atlanta. You know, I grew up in, you know, Druid Hills. I've lived in Cabbage Town and Grand Park and Inman Park and Candler Park. I've lived in like wonderful in-town neighborhoods. I've also lived in Buckhead and, and I had a business on the West side and at cover, a lot of the people that were actively supporting were from Buckhead and or were from out of town. I would say 50% of the people that were actively supporting cover on a regular basis were people that were in town with like the film industry. So when we decided this concept, we knew we wanted it somewhat elevated. And there was something about Buckhead with that international aspect to it. Obviously there are tons of hotels there. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a lot of independent business in Buckhead, which people forget. You know, when you drive around um, like Irby and all that, they're independent shops and it's walkable, which is wonderful. I mean, it feels like a neighborhood and it feels like something outside of Atlanta. And, you know, we wanted Lucian to feel obviously very Atlanta because it's us and it's the city that we love but we wanted it to feel a bit like a departure. And the fact that Buckhead has tons of independent business and a wonderful international crowd and is walkable felt like all the things we, we love in other cities, we just don't really have here. It and feels like that too. Like when you sit in there and you look around and you see the traffic, it's, 
you feel like you could be in any major European or metropolitan city looking out. And that's, and it's true. I mean, especially when you just see the volume of passersby, both on foot and in car, and just look around at the people around you, it does feel like that. And I think that I have been pleasant. I have been really happy. Like I have been excited learning and getting to meet a new bucket. It's a very busy corner. Yeah. And just to take it to wine, just to go specific, I, I thought for sure that I was going to get a lot more pushback on the, the wine program that we've put together. It's, it's vast. It's, you know, it's, it's nearly 400 bottles now. Wow. Um, there's a lot of incredible winemakers that, that we love, but that are not particularly known here. Um, so I was expecting a lot of where's this, where's that? How come we don't have this? How come we don't have that? It's actually been very refreshing that people have embraced what we've put together, that they're, they're open to exploring. And I think some of that is due to the offerings that we have. I think some of it is due to the volume. I think some is due to the manner in which we present it in the book form, which was a tie-in that we kind of came up with early, that we, that we wanted that tie between the, the bookstore and the wine program, that it's something that you flip through and you can hold in your hand and was very deliberate um, or intentional is what I should have said. Um, so I've been really surprised and pleasantly so with, with, um, with the guests that we've been getting in Buckhead. It's been, it's been great so far, by and large. You're listening to The Food That Binds with Jennifer Zeman. I would consider, I don't know if it's like not correct to say, but like your concept's really ballsy. You have an omelet on the menu, you know? I mean, like for, which is very common if you're in Paris, but not so common in Atlanta. And to, and it's my, my go-to order, you know? I mean, a glass of Bilcart Salmon oh. and, that, and that omelet make me happy, you know? That was our first, uh, when we were really starting early on to conceptualize what our mm-hmm. food menu would look like that was the first thing we knew we wanted on the menu mm-hmm. was an evening omelet and yeah, if people if people don't know that's like one of the first things any chef will have a young cook make to make sure that you know you know how to to cook you know like that you can make an omelet and then you know you're good to go because really we have decided I mean, early we have chefs that execute beautiful food, but in terms of that food direction, so much of that I have I have like little sprinklings, but so much of that is Jordan because mm-hmm. in addition to being a uh, art director, you could have also been a chef. He's he's got so many talents. He said he's um, a creative genius, right? He's a creative he's a creative genius. He could have been a chef. No, you love food, so we do a lot of that general kind of like direction yeah and our opening chef was able to carry that through beautifully and Mm -hmm. jason paolini we feel very confident that he will be able to carry that even further where was he before i can't place it right now um i met jason when he was uh i want to say he was chef de cuisine kind of functioning under linton hopkins at both eugene and hnf Okay. So we were able to work together for a couple of years. Um, fell out of touch a little bit when I went to Cakes and Ale, but he stayed with that company for a long time. He eventually opened 
the restaurant at the Botanical Garden. Um, he came in for dinner to Lucien a month and a half ago, I want to say. Yes, celebrate his 10th wedding. Yes, kind of got reacquainted. And when the position opened up, he was immediately who came to mind to be able to carry, who, who understood what we were doing, the vision that we had for our food program, and who we thought would be able to carry it forward and even hopefully even make it even better than, than what we've been doing. Well, right. especially because I think Jordan and I, you know, I think early on we talked about like ideas have always been a big part of our connection. And we have, I mean, we have so many ideas that we still want to do within Lucian, other concepts. I mean, we just, we're just always churning. And you're just getting started too, right? Right, exactly. So I think one of the things that is great about Jason is I think he has a very good, he's good at strategy as well. You know, he's good about taking like that creativity and that those core principles of what we want to be and then translating that large or small to the extent of what our vision is. And, and that's great because we, you know, what we've talked about is that this is just the beginning. We've been open for six months. So it's all about putting roots down, right? And seeing what comes from this. It's been very hard for us to describe our food program. <laughs> Guests will ask, so, so how do you sum up your food? Um, and we just stand there and think about it, puzzled. Um, because it's really hard to encapsulate exactly what it is because it, it really, it's, it's all over the place. There's, um, there's an omelet, like we talked about. There's, there's oysters, there's fresh pasta, there's main Great course. French fries. <laughs> French fries. Um, and that's funny because it, 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 again, it's a lot like so many of our favorite restaurants where you can't exactly say what they're, what they're doing it's it's i find too often in atlanta to kind of go back to how the scene has changed i think very or too often in atlanta the restaurants open with a definitive this is what we are mm. and it's very rigid and it, they are everyone has to be something we are this kind of restaurant we are this kind of bar we are this we're that and we didn't want to do that we wanted to just uh have great food that maybe at first glance it's a little mixed up and some things you know there's there's hamachi and then there's an omelet um and then there's tagliolini all <laughs> right next to each other I think um but it was just a goal was just to to do not simple but simple in a way that it wasn't uh overthought great ingredients perfectly executed in terms of cooking, um, which was extremely important to us. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that I think with the books, with the wine, with our food, there is range and range is good, but within that range, it is focused and it's mm -hmm. thoughtful. And it's hard because uh, focus and thoughtful are not typically like cuisine terms like i wish when we created our resi profile and they made us choose one category <laughs> you know focus was 
or thoughtful or, or beautiful. And I think that's the thing. It's like you're forced, whether it's by technology or just in um, press trying to just capture in a sentence what you are, you've, you're forced to, to say something. And it's often in these very like, specific culinary terms. And I think that what makes Lucian cohesive, both in the book program, in the wine program, in the food, is that there is range and it's a very global range. But within that range, it is thoughtful. It's not all over the place because we're disorganized. It's all over the place because our influences come from so many different places. And, you know, our job is to then take those influences, make sense of them in a way that is small and feels very, very cohesive. I just wish that was a category we could... But when you really think about it, there is something for everyone on your menu, which is what I really liked about it. I like that I could go there for a girl's night. I could go eat there by myself for lunch. I could go there for a special occasion. And no matter whom I'm taking with me, they'll be able to find something that is very thoughtful for them. Right. And that what you just said was basically our um, mission statement in our business plan. It was describing you can come by yourself. You can come with friends. You can come for a celebration, a date. You can come for any of these reasons and feel comfortable and have a different experience every time. And my Hindu friend can come with me and find something for herself on the menu while I have steak free, you know, and we're both very happy and it feels special, but it's also useful. You know, it's a very useful restaurant to me, which is how really bistro and brasserie are in France, right? I mean, that's definitely what we wanted to be, to be right down the middle in a way, which sounds, yeah, it's a go-to. I think in Atlanta, Atlanta can be guilty sometimes of the pendulum, pendulum swinging one wildly, one way or the other too quickly, mm-hmm. where if you go back uh, 10, 12 years, it was Bacchanalia and Eugene and Joelle in the dining room at the Ritz, and then early 2010s, everything kind of swung the opposite way to much more casual. And everything kind of went that way for a long time. Because of Holman. I mean, the, the gastropub, you exactly. know, really. The gastropub yeah. movement. And, and Atlanta is guilty of riding a trend into the ground. I mean, Double is, stock burgers. Exactly. Everyone has <laughs> the Holman bun. <laughs> are, if Atlanta does one thing in terms of food, it is just we will ride a trend until it is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, And so one of the things Katie and I had talked about extensively was, okay, so the pendulum was over here, swung all the way back that way. How do we just bring it back a little bit so we can have um, some nice elements of of fine dining and and, and an elevated experience while still keeping it easygoing and relaxed and friendly? And we spoke a lot about how we would do that. but I think that, but that's important. That's that's the neighborhood restaurant in, in, in our way of thinking. And that's what we tried to accomplish with Lucien was just find that, find that middle ground that is so normal in a lot of other places and, and bring it here. Mm-hmm. It just feels so special right off the bat. It's, you know, someone who, who eats in restaurants for my job, like it just is not every day that something feels magical. Like you're, you know, just, almost makes sense that you have background in Holman because you know how you'd like drive by Holman, even if you weren't going there and it looked bustling and golden and sparkling. And I feel the same way when I drive by your restaurant, 
Um, I love, even if I'm not going, I love peering in when I'm in my car to like, see who's in, what does it look like? It's just such a gorgeous restaurant too. I, I guess I do also have the inevitable question of like, what is it like to have a business with your spouse <laughs> during a pandemic, you know? Well, so you're saying spouse, which um, you're getting some serious intel because we actually <laughs> only got married about what is today? Uh, our 20. What? We got married three weeks ago tomorrow. Oh, congratulations, guys. <laughs> I thought you were already married. Everyone did. Oh. I know. Um, we know. So we, I mean, gosh, I can't tell you how many people thought, well, good, you know, say goodbye to your relationship because <laughs> this is going to be a challenge. And I think the relationship completely drove us into doing this. I mean, we, I think the relationship was the genesis of Lucien. And as a, I know that so many people can't even fathom the idea of working with their, with their partner. For us, it's a, it's a natural thing. Um, We creatively, we work well together in the space. We work well together. Um, we have, we bring different sides to the environment and we both have our areas of expertise, which I think is, is also very useful. Um, Katie's got, uh, the books, the arts, the outreach, the, the, um, a lot of guest relations. Um, she allows me to be able to put my head down and, and, work on wine, um, really work with the, the service team on, on, on service and hospitality. Um, so we both bring two different elements. Aside from that, we just both really get along great. And we've been best friends for years. And that certainly helps. We both get each other, um, each other's creative process and how each other likes to work and when the other one needs a bit of space to sort some things out. Um, it's been great. It's actually, I think it's brought us even closer. I mean, truly like after probably the most challenging, not even probably hands down, 100%, the most challenging time of Lucian happened in December, end of December. And we got married like two weeks later <laughs> <laughs> and, and, couldn't have been happier. So that's what it's, I mean, and we would look at each other and be like, are we going to have a delayed reaction to all the stress? Like, why are we actually so happy right now? And we were stressed, but as you know, I'm sure there were a lot of our friends, especially our friends that work in hospitality that were thinking those two are mad. They're going, this, this is not going to work, but we, uh, always had, I knew that we were going to be fine. Um, Katie, I would, hopefully you thought we, you knew we were going to be fine. You're the optimist, right? And they're like, <laughs> um, but we he both is are. the optimist. Yeah. Um, I, I knew, I knew deep down that we could do this and we would be, we would be great at it and working together. Um, we had collaborated on things before, well, certainly not a brick and mortar, but we had collaborated on so many things, um, at, when I had cover and Jordan was at Kicksnail and B&B, we collaborated. I mean, the real early days of what became Lucian were collaborative event, events between us. We would do those 
great quarterly Noble Rot launches, Noble Rot magazine launches at B&B. We did Wine Stop Shop at Kicksnail, which is something that we've been <laughs> through. And yeah, I mean, it's always just been part of our, our good banter. It's been ideas. And this has just been given us the room to take one idea after the other. That's beautiful. I would I mean, say well, I, I can never turn off the idea fountain. I'm constantly just, and uh, I'll annoy Katie sometimes. She's like, no, I'm working. Like we can't, we can't go a deep dive into uh, <laughs> down a your creative well right now. Like we right, got to stop. I can tackle this to-do list first. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, sorry. Oh, no, no, keep going. Yeah. Well, I always ask, um, my guests, like, it's like a silly question, but I always feel like it's so telling. Like if you had to choose one thing to eat for the rest of your life, like you're on a desert Island and it's the same thing over and over. What do you choose? Mm. I mean, I could, I could take, I could take an omelet with a great little salad on the side. Um, I've been losing my taste for, for some things lately. I love eggs. I, I eat eggs every day. I love eggs. I think they're a perfect food. I, I'd say our omelet with like a little, maybe a side of a great little refreshing, salty salad. I'd be happy mm-hmm. with, with wine on the side. Do I get wine? Yes. <laughs> you can choose whatever you like. It can be a smorgasbord. I get an omelet and a G&T and an omelet and wine. <laughs> um, but no, I'd say eggs and eggs and salad, my favorite. I could be happy with that. I would probably have to go simple roast chicken with potatoes and a glass of champagne, of course. Mm-hmm. Very French. Both of you, very French. Yeah. I'm like, or can we just take Houston's and move that to a <laughs> desert island? <laughs> I do love Houston's. I've been going there my whole life. My mom used to take us all the time. Um, <laughs> but I have not felt safe going in there for obvious reasons lately because nobody wears masks. But, um, <laughs> Just just to make sure, like, is there anything you guys would like to plug, promote, any organizations, any events, anything? This is your space to do so. Events are something that we have always been a big part of what we want to do at Lucian. We started kind of increasing those events uh, towards the end of the year. And I think 2022 brings a much more thorough event schedule with us. I think it's a wonderful way to introduce and invite kind of new and unfamiliar people to Lucian because uh, it's a fun social setting and it's also just a great way you know a lot of people still say how does this work do I do I need to read a book and drink wine and do I need to <laughs> do I have to pick up a book? do I have to pick up <laughs> and I think it's a way to just in a fun social setting to show people Listen, you can come in just for books. You can come in just for wine. You can come in just for food. You can come in for any kind of combination of these three. You know, we're not trying to dictate that. Our and next um, our next wine stop shop event, which is our combo of book shopping and wine tasting, will be the Sunday prior to Valentine's Day. Yes. We are closed on Mondays, so we will not be open for Valentine's Day. And we, so we're hoping to kind of promote that romance of buying your Valentine, a book or a bottle of wine, two things that are quite romantic. And to that extent, on April 23rd, I'm so excited. The 
my favorite, probably my favorite thing that ever happened with Cover was having this annual event called uh, for San Jordi Day. It is April 23rd. It is a holiday that is celebrated uh, primarily in Catalonia. And it is the day that lovers exchange books and roses, oh which gosh. I mean, could, could not be a dreamier holiday. <laughs> this is why we never do anything for Valentine's Day, because I'm like, screw Valentine's Day. San Jordi Day is the romantic holiday. So we did something annually at cover for that. That I mean, and it couldn't be an easier event to just um, take you know take on with Lucien because we can do some really beautiful you know wine pairings you know we're going to partner with a wonderful local florist and then have the book shopping experience as well but it's such a beautiful holiday and it's so romantic and it's you know I feel like it completely envelops what we want to offer our audience at Lucien it's something that's kind of unexpected it's international it's romantic it's smart and just an overall beautiful holiday that we hope people can experience with us. And how can people keep up with you guys and events and menu changes? Sure. Uh, social media uh, would probably be the, the fastest and most immediate way to stay in touch with us. Our website is undergoing a redesign, but there is still and there will continue to be a way to sign up for our newsletter which goes out uh, via email about twice a month with just a little bit more extensive information about new wines new books new events uh, people on our team uh, just you know things about generally the lucian story and other than that i mean I, that's those are the two kind of main main areas coming in talking to us and what's the handle on instagram it is at Lucien Books and Wine. Great. And that's the main place where we post new dishes, mm -hmm. new people. Mm -hmm. um, when the when the new wine list comes out, which is there'll be six wine lists in 2022. Um, and January, February just came out last week. And whenever we print a new wine list, everything that's available by the glass changes. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in seeing what's going to be available by the glass for that two month run. We always post that and you can kind of flip through and see what's going to be poured. Well, thank you guys. I really enjoyed talking to you and thank you for sharing. This has been nice, but I really appreciate it. And I, I love your restaurant. I love thank it. You thank for you the, very much. Thank you for your thoughtful questions. And thank you for, you know, believing in Lucien and understanding what we do. It's, it's great as another Atlanta local, someone who grew up here to really have that backstory of what Atlanta was and get excited about what it has become. I'm wishing you guys all the success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Well, that's this week's episode. Thank you to Katie and Jordan for being here. I really enjoyed their story and hope you did too. Thank you to you for listening. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me as Jennifer Zeman or the food that binds on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back next Sunday with chef Todd Ginsburg. If you don't know who Todd is, he's part of the Rye Restaurant Group. They own General Muir, Yala, Fred's Meat and Bread, Woods Chapel Barbecue, TGM Bread, and now the Italian-American like red sauce joint, Dirty Rascal, which opened recently in the Thompson and Buckhead. Again, we're going to be back next Sunday with Todd Ginsburg. I'm your host, Jennifer Zeman, and this has been The Food That Binds.